Welcome to Transforming Education, Leadership Lessons. This podcast is hosted by Northwestern College. We're bringing you thought leaders who are influencing education and the world around them. Each episode provides new leadership lessons so you can learn how to embrace your own influence. Leadership has nothing to do with title or position. That leadership has to do with impact. And the role of a leader isn't to create followers, it's to enable more leaders. Take away leadership qualities that inspire. I think good leaders really get people brought together around a cause and can inspire them to be better than they were yesterday or to do something great. Care about others. We need teachers out there that are caring and compassionate and are interested in the student beyond the discipline that they're teaching. Show people they matter. We don't have a bullying problem. We don't even have a gun problem. We have a mattering problem. By knowing you matter. You matter to yourself first before you can matter to someone else. So further your impact. When you just authentically love your students, I just don't think you can help but grow. Understand your core values. You can tell pretty quickly any core leader, whether or not he or she is there for the mission at hand for the people that they serve or whether they're there for themselves. And align your mission. Everything we do on campus, whether it's someone in the maintenance department or someone teaching in the classroom or to coach, uh, it should tie back to our mission of impacting students for the cause of Christ. Discover how to use your influence to inspire others. That is why the relationships is so critical in everything we do, because when people know you care about them, they know yet they have your best interest, and then it sinks in. Let's welcome our host, Gary Richardson. Thank you, Leslie, and I want to thank everybody for listening to Transforming Education Leadership Lessons. There's just a lot of options for podcasts, and I know your time is valuable. And because of that, we bring great thought partners to inspire and influence your leadership. This episode, we will be discussing leadership lessons with Dr. Jenny Song, Assistant Professor of Business and Economics at Northwestern College, while also serving as the first editor of a newly published anthology, Servant Leadership and Forgiveness, How Leaders Help Heal the Heart of the World. The book engages a deeper conversation about the role of leadership and forgiveness in the midst of political and social upheaval. And if anyone thinks this is a commentary on today's world, it really is not. Um, This goes back to um, the time of Nelson Mandela and some of the conflict in, in South Africa. Dr. Song wrote the first chapter, Awareness, Healing, and Forgiveness, Servant Leaders Help Heal the Heart of the World. Dr. Song has a doctorate degree in leadership studies from Gonzaga University. Jenny is certified in project management and has extensive industry experience as a senior engineer and operation director in logistics and supply chain management. Welcome to the podcast, Jenny. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure and honor to be here. I wonder if you'd mind sharing a little bit of background about you and then how you became interested in leadership. I was raised in China, and uh, my college bachelor degree is actually in communication engineer. So okay. I was trained as an engineer, and later I got my master in transportation planning and management. I worked as operation director for this company in China. During that time, I didn't get much training in leadership. My boss told me that I should learn by doing. <laughs> so I did. Yeah, I made many mistakes as well. So I thought, well, these 14 years of my life was wasted, but God used it anyway. When I was doing my PhD at Gonzaga, 
I was able to understand leadership at a deeper level because I drew lessons from my experience as a leader in China. As I told my students now, every piece of your life matters. God uses them all. Well, I can tell you that my early leadership experiences followed the the teachings of management by walking around. I ran into a lot of things just by walking around, but mostly because of things that I messed up did I <laughs> learn what good leadership should be. So I, I appreciate that that introduction, Jenny. And then would you mind the chapter that you wrote for us? Mm-hmm. Just give a little preview or introduction to that. I've went off script on you right away here. Mm-hmm. So that's all right. Yeah, for my chapter, um because servant leadership theory is kind of the underpin theory for my doctoral study, for my dissertation. When I was really going through the literature review of servant leadership, I mainly focused on several factors. One is awareness. Another is healing and forgiveness. So for me, I realized for leaders, we have to have this kind of four dimensions of awareness. So the awareness of this kind of going upward, which connect to our belief, for me, is our Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So then another is inward awareness, which is self-awareness. And then you go outward. That's the awareness of others, of your situation, of your relationship. One more is the onward. The onward is about time. So it's about past, present, and future. And awareness of future can lead you to foresight. So for me, awareness is really crucial for my understanding of servant leadership. And among all of that, forgiveness is very important part, but it is really underappreciated by so many people. Because when we talk about leadership, we don't talk about emotions. We don't talk about our hurts. Don't talk about our pains. But we bring them within us to our workplace, to our interaction with people. So they are there. We don't want to acknowledge them. So that I see that as a problem. Mm-hmm. So like us, now we have four people in this room. We are talking about this topic. Actually, we have many, many stories within this room, around this table as well. So that's why it's part of my passion to be here and to really share my little bit of understanding of servant leadership and forgiveness. Well, Jenny, I think it's quite obvious that the knowledge that you have in this field is very extensive, and I, and I appreciate the humility. Thank you for, for offering those points on leadership. I want to ask about a couple things here in response to what you said, Jenny, and that is in the early days of my leadership, forgiveness was actually seen as a, a weakness. As the leader, if you forgave somebody, it was almost acknowledging that that person was in a better spot than you or could dictate what happens in the environment. And I think that through time, we realize that vulnerability and transparency are are much better traits for leaders than just being the the toughest one in the room, right? Right. Um, And top down. And and so I I appreciate that. The other is self-awareness. And I think it was... Jimmy Casas, who we had do a podcast with us in about culture, but he really picked up on self-awareness, and it made me think of his comments. What he said was that when we talk to people, we really have to know how they received what we said, 
And sometimes, again, through the years of leadership or just if there's poor leadership, leadership is not telling people what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Leadership is not speaking. Leadership is listening and also knowing that what you've said, how that affects others. And I think about that often because if we know how somebody reacted to what we said, we're better able to move forward. It's when we don't know how our actions affect others that we tend to just stay or the system goes backward. That's my opinion. So we are visiting with Dr. Jenny Song, Assistant Professor of Business and Economics at Northwestern College in this episode of Transforming Education Leadership Lessons. Jenny, the words servant and leader are usually thought of as being opposites. In the preface of the book that you had a hand in writing, it is stated, and this is paraphrasing, so if I've gotten this wrong, please correct me, that servant leaders aligned with the ancient history of servant first leading rather than leader first leading. Seek greater self-awareness and awareness of others while showing a devotion to forgiveness. So can you put this into the context of healing the heart of the world or the work that you did in your book? Yes, that's a great question. So for servant and leader, when you put these two oppositional words together, feel it tends like create some kind of confusion. But when you think this way, so servant leader is kind of servant first. So the purpose is I want to serve, then I may be inspired to lead. Leader first is I am in leadership position and I am a leader, I have the power. Then I may think for good leaders, they may consider I need to serve these people. But many leaders, they are hold on to the power. So servant first and leader first, they are different. And uh, also an important part of servant leader is everyone can be a servant leader. You don't have to be a CEO to be a servant leader. Right. You don't have to be the president to be a servant leader. So like Dr. King said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and the verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. So that's kind of the point. Servant leader is a leadership for everyone. And it's also, it's kind of a calling. It's a call for everyone to be responsible. So here is uh, the best test of a servant leader. Actually, I shared it with my students all the time. So do those served grow as persons? Do they, while being served, become healthier, wiser, freer, more autonomous, more likely themselves to become servants? And what is the effect on the least privileged in society? Will they benefit or at least not be further deprived? So it, this is really long code, but I, in my class, ask my students, so think about, do those people around you, because they are around you, well being around you, do they become healthier, wiser, freer, more autonomous, more willing to serve? So that's a question I think everyone should carry around wisdom. So this will, uh, also this is about servant leadership. So now what's the relationship between this and the forgiveness? So in order to become healthier, wiser, freer, 
I think forgiveness is necessary because forgiveness leads to healing. Healing leads leads people to become healthier, wiser, and freer. So, like in the Bible in Matthew chapter eighteen, so Jesus taught about this parable of unmerciful servant, right? So the master forgave this servant debt of ten thousand talents, and this servant went out, wouldn't forget his fellow servants. One hundred denarii debt. So then, here's the thing. I did some calculation. So I went back to the Greek words for these two words, and I did calculation. I realized the first person's debt. If you consider people back these days, they work three hundred days per year. So the first person's debt is equal two hundred thousand years wages, and the second person's debt is one hundred days. Wages, so you can see it's impossible for the first person to pay back his debt. But here's the thing: the master forgave him anyway. So that's kind of the forgiveness Jesus was talking about: is to unconditionally forgive. It's just hard, hard for me to imagine. So then, here is the question for us: if Jesus was teaching us to forgive this. Two hundred thousand years of wages of debt to forgive the、mm-hmm. unforgivable, to forgive the impossible. So, what's our responsibility? I'm not saying forgiveness is easy. No, it's not. I may save some story for the questions to come. Yeah, that's very good. And we know that calling is to honor the least, the last, and the lowly. And you can really only do that partly. Through forgiveness and your own personality of of caring and compassion and, and and empathy, so two parts to my question here, Jenny. And one is, how hard was it to be the editor of a book? To start with, I have to say English is my second language, so you probably already pick up some grammar mistake from my spoken English. So for、oh, me, or you I- could pick those up from me too. <laughs> At the very beginning, when my mentor,、uh, Dr. Shenry Furch, came to me, so he and Larry Spears, three of us, we are the editors for the International Journal of Servant Leadership.、Mm-hmm. So when the three of us first came together to discuss the the idea of this anthology, I thought, no way, I could do this.、Mm-hmm. You know, English is my second language, and how can I be an editor?、Um, of course. So that's the inspirational leadership comes in. So Dr. Shenry Furch, he trusted me. Okay, so this kind of trust is not in empty words. So now I try to do that to my students. So this kind of trust is empowerment. I trust that you have the potential in you to contribute. My task here is only to bring out your potentials. So that's empowerment.、Mm-hmm. So he trusted in me, and he empowered me, and he put me into this position, and he has been always uplifting. And for me, I didn't have that kind of trust or confidence in myself to start、sure. with. But through working with him in the last four years, so we have edited four volumes of the journal. We publish once a year. And this year's journal actually just off the press. I think the publisher is going to ship them out today. And this volume we have almost two hundred thousand words in. It's a big volume. And also, servant leadership and forgiveness was our first anthology. 
After that, we are working on two more. Okay. So the third one is Sermon Leadership, Feminism, and Gender Wellbeing. I'm very excited about this anthology. It is going to be great. Yeah, so now you see I'm so excited about these topics, about these books, about these anthologies, because I was empowered. I got that kind of trust so that I, I am able really to, to work hard toward it. So that's something a leader can do. You put the trust and the empowerment in your followers, then encourage them to be great. That's also a servant leader. Right. I can remember uh, many people that might be listening re would remember Coach Larry Corver, football coach here for many years, and I had an opportunity to visit with him. And he, we were talking about teams and what our role was as a coach, what's the most important thing. And he just looked me right in the eye and he said, you know that our job is to make those young people better than they ever thought they could be. That stuck with me for a long time. But you do that by empowering them and trusting them and, and showing them that you love them. If you can do that, then I think you've come a long way. So, Jenny, was there a personal forgiveness story that you were introduced to while editing this book that was more impactful for you than others? Well, there are lots of great stories in the book. I mean, this book, most of articles are academic research, but meanwhile, these authors also bring this research into their own life. So I just, uh, one story in particular, chapter nine, I just want to read a little paragraph I went through this manuscript many, many times. Every time when I went over this chapter, I just came into tears. Okay. So this chapter is talking about Catholic clergy sexual abuse. So this person, Tom, he was abused by this Catholic priest. So when he heard this priest actually is dying, so he went to visit this priest. And here is what he said to the priest. The real reason I have come is to make amends to those I have harmed. So listen, this is the person who was abused mm -hmm. speaking. Now I know I didn't do outright harm to you, but I have come to ask you to forgive me for the hatred and the resentment I have felt toward you for the past 25 years. Then the priest, the dying priest, he rose from his seat why are you asking me for forgiveness? Overcome with tears, Tom, the person who was abused, said, because the Bible tells me to love my enemies and pray for those that persecute me. Slowly, this priest slid back into his chair and began to weep as well. So this story, how can you go and ask forgiveness from a person who sexually abused you. So this all just amazed me. Every time I read it, I was moved into tears. That's just one of the many stories. And that would come from a understanding of how Jesus works in our lives. To want to get rid of or share that there was hatred for so many years and ask for forgiveness would be something that most people are not capable of. So I appreciate you sharing that, Jenny. That was very good. Jenny, is there one person that has inspired you along the way to a successful career? And if so, what was impactful on that relationship? I think I kind of shared this story already a little bit about Dr. Shanri Furch. Mm -hmm. He is the person 
I mean, I I really am blessed with many people in my life to enrich my life, to build me into who I am today. But um, in particular, I think Dr. Shanri Furch, his influence on me and also his empowerment really kind of helped me to become editor today. Sure. And also, I feel like I have more confidence in myself than ever. Well, that was a big undertaking, and as it looks, it was a very successful undertaking. We are visiting with Dr. Jenny Song, Assistant Professor of Business and Economics at Northwestern College in this episode of Transforming Education Leadership Lessons. Jenny, what guidance would you give leaders today on how to use forgiveness and maybe even empathy as a healing process? I wouldn't say I have great advice, but I do have four points I really, really like to share with you. I feel like that is why I'm here today. So the first point is forgiveness is a bridge to the future. So in our book, Chapter 2, so in Chapter 2, actually talk about um, Marlene Ramsey. She visited six perpetrators in South Africa during the time of 1990s. You know, they really, they, are, they were killers. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of them actually were the killers of Amy Beal. I won't go into the detail of the story, so the whole story actually is in the book. But I just want to say, after Amy was killed and uh, Amy's parents, they went to South Africa. And because that time of Tutu's Truth and Reconciliation Committee, mm-hmm. so these people, they finally they were released. And so Amy Bill's parents worked with these two killers together to start a foundation and to help local people. Linda Bill, that's Amy Bill's uh, mom, she just called these two men her son. You just cannot imagine that, uh, two people who killed your daughter. Right. And now you work with them together, you call them your own sons. That's how far forgiveness can go. And also in this chapter, at the end, the author talk about her visit to uh, Linda Bill's office. And uh, talk about Linda told Nappy, who was one of the killers. They worked together. So she told Nappy, make sure this afternoon, clear your schedule for like three o'clock. We are going to go car seat shopping for your daughter. Unbelievable. So this mom lost her own daughter to this man. And now for the safety of this man's daughter, she urged this man to go car seat shopping with her, make sure the daughter is safe. So that's just uh, the power of forgiveness. And also in the same chapter, person, this person, Brian Mitchell, he actually, he was the police captain, ordered the attack on the, on the village of Trust Feed Village. So they killed many women and the children. Mm-hmm. When he was received back to the village, he said, I was dead until that day, and after that day, I lived. That's the power of forgiveness as the bridge to the future. Sure. So it's just hard to imagine. So then I want to bring it down a little bit. Kind of Linda Bill's forgiveness looks far beyond my power. So but because of my own personal struggles and the forgiveness journey, I want to share with you the second point. Be gracious with your emotional stages of forgiveness. 
Forgiveness is not something you can conquer in one day. When I was doing this teamwork with one of my colleagues, and he betrayed me, he talked behind my back, and I found out accidentally. I was hurt. It was not a big deal. It was just a team project, and he and his friend said something in the terms of racism, in the terms of, oh, she is Chinese. All of us here are Caucasian. If you want to do it, she has to do it in our way or certain things. So that was hurtful to me in so many ways. Mm -hmm. But it's not like the murder. It's not like this kind of Linda Bill's forgiveness. Even this small, small betrayal, it took me a couple of months to go over different stages. First, I was furious. Then I was mad. Then I got to the point, I need to do something. So I talked to my friends, asked them for their prayers, and then asked for advice. When my really wise friend Lauren encouraged me to encounter him, I thought, no way, because that's not my culture. I was raised, if you have conflict with someone, you avoid that person for the rest of your life. But after reflecting upon it, I realized, yes, that's the right thing to do. So you see, just uh, this small betrayal, it took me a couple months to work Mm -hmm. on it. And finally, I encountered him. He denied it at first. And then later, after he admitted, he just started complaining about how badly people treated him and how small he felt. And I was sitting there just listening to him for 20 minutes. And then finally it came to the point, he said, I admire you for coming to me and talking to me. We reconciled. So that's just a small betrayal. Because I went through these different stages, so I want to encourage people just be gracious with your own emotional stages of forgiveness. It doesn't come easily. And also talk to your friends. Ask for people to support you, to pray for you, to go through this. The third point I want to make is do not dehumanize the people who hurt us. So many of you probably have seen The Lord of the Rings, right? So I'm a big fan and my daughter is a big fan. I love tokens. But in the movie, let's just talk about orcs. What are they? They are monsters. They are our enemies. They are monsters. They have no parents. They have no family. They have no children. Because we dehumanize them, we can do anything to them. And anything we do will be justified. That's what we do to our enemies. So we just have to be careful. If we dehumanize the people who hurt us, we just can justify anything we do to them. Mm -hmm. So in the process, we dehumanize others. We dehumanize ourselves too. Because Tutu said, a person is a person through other persons. We are not just an individual cell in this universe. So that's kind of the third point. And also Dr. King said this, so there is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. When we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. The final point I would like to make is self-awareness and forgiveness asking. So here is the AAVP at Gonzaga, Dr. Reyes. He said, 
All human beings have difficulties of doing three things, including the excluded, responding to hate with love, admitting we are wrong when we are wrong. I think this is so true because it's just so hard to say, "I am sorry, please forgive me." These six words, I think, is the hardest wor- words、mm-hmm. in the world to say. At least, it's for me. It's just, I am sorry. Please forgive me. Vulnerability is tends to be hard for people in leadership positions, especially for leaders. Right. Be- yeah, because, because we've been brought up. I'm sorry. Go right ahead. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of because. As leader, you feel like we have to have all the answers、yes. in our pocket, right? And we have to be right all the time. We have this kind of reputation to protect. But the thing is, nowadays I think we really need to look at leadership from a totally different angle. Like you mentioned, vulnerability, and also humility. This COVID, I think, really, really kind of hit many leaders very hard, right? So I actually did my summer research this summer and interviewed several servant leaders. Almost all of them mentioned, "I don't have all the answers." So this really, this COVID really made people think. Yes, leader is not one person show. They don't have all the answers. Leaders are vulnerable too, and it takes humility to lead as well.、I、Absolutely. Think, yeah. yeah. The humility part is. Is really hard for people, but to lead through humbleness is really a、uh, characteristic that draws people to you and, and makes them feel comfortable to know that if if this person can be vulnerable, can include others, can admit they're wrong, and can just say you might be right. I think that it's a it's a it's an honest and transparent relationship that that moves systems forward much more than the old paradigms that we used to use with. With leadership, so I appreciate you sharing those stories. I know it's not easy for you, but certainly they're very profound. Maybe a little lighter topic, but is there one thing that you're working on right now that might surprise the people that are listening?、Uh, I don't know how lighter this will be, but honestly, I'm working on my own forgiveness of my parents and my brother. Okay. So it has been a hard journey for me. And you are getting along fine there. Mm. Or you're working through it. I have to go back to the four points I just shared with you all. I think I need to remind myself of them. Yeah. Now I'm just trying to be gracious with my own emotional、mm-hmm. stages of forgiveness. So then, Jenny, what are you curious about right now in our world? Well, now I have a question: Is can healing and reconciliation really happen here and now in the U.S. after the election? I believe, actually, I believe it can happen if we start saying, "I am sorry, please forgive me."、Mm-hmm. It can be that simple. It can be, it that, can simple. be that simple. And Jenny, is there something you're reading right now that also might be interesting to our listeners? Well, it's interesting because now I'm in a book club discussion on the book White Awake, and people may wonder, "Well, Jenny, you are not white." But why are you joining a book club with all the white people talking about a book called White Awake? I think 
even though myself is a minor here in the U.S., I still have lots to learn about this term, so-called race. So、uh, another book I would like to mention is the New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, talking about mass incarceration in the age of color blindness. This book has been very helpful, inspirational for me. Opened my eyes. And another thing I would like to mention: a movie I actually just watched recently called *American Son*. This movie placed a black mother in the waiting room of a police station as the audience watches for 90 minutes as she tries, through rising and falling levels of desperation, to find out what authorities have done with her son.、Mm. Just spilled beans a little bit. Her son actually was killed by the police. That movie, when I was watching, I realized I thought I understood the race or racism, but actually I don't. That was eye-opening for me as well. So I think my point is, we need to understand. We need to look at other people's lives. We need to go beyond just think. Oh, I know. I understand. I totally understand. Actually, I don't. What these people are experiencing, I never experienced, and what I am experiencing, you may not、mm-hmm. be experiencing them. So I think after I watched a sermon by a black pastor back in Oregon, so after George Floyd's death, and then many people ask him, so tell us what should we do as white people? What should we do? And this black pastor said. Just try to understand us. Go meet people. Go meet people who are different from you, and try to understand what they are experiencing. So I think that's what I'm trying to do now, because God gives us eyes to see others. So I used to do this in my class. I told my students, "Now let's focus on doing this. So look at your own eyes." So students tried very hard and laughing, try to look their own eyes. They couldn't do it. They knew they couldn't do it.、Mm-hmm. They probably were thinking this professor is so weird. And I told them, now look at the eyes of your peers. They can do that. I said, God gave us eyes to look beyond ourselves. We need to look beyond ourselves. Well said. Thank, Thank you, Jenny. You. You've been a wonderful guest. Thank you so much. I appreciate your vulnerability and what you shared with us is very gracious in itself. So, thank you. Thank you, Leslie. Welcome. There were many highlights from Dr. Song. What stood out to you? So many. I feel I have to try to do justice to to pull out these nuggets. Right. I, just to start, I love her phrase: "Every piece of your life matters,、mm-hmm. and that we get to use it all. God will use it all." Both looking back in our life, we can see where those pieces have fit, and as we work with students and and athletes, we we try to tell them that too. That to just trust the process. I love that piece. Under servant leadership. The those pivotal pieces are ingredients. Awareness is the first, both self-awareness and outward awareness, and onward awareness.、Mm-hmm. I think we don't think about that onward, the the time piece, the past and the present, and how important that is in bringing into our ability to serve as a leader and as a servant leadership. And just building a bridge forward. 
Exactly. Is helpful. Mm-hmm. Now, and you mentioned the students that we work with and being able to forgive and, and have humility and not let them think that they're in an environment where there isn't forgiveness and then there isn't humility and there isn't love. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there are some rules and there are some expectations that, <laughs> that you have to follow. Yes, but, and yeah. sometimes with all those that yes. they all connect, don't they? And that piece of healing and forgiveness. I love that she pulled out. We don't talk about emotions and leadership, right? We talk about communication style and we talk about the other pieces. But if we don't understand and see how that comes into our play at work and how it comes into our employers or students, what they're bringing into the classroom, we miss a big piece of how to lead them well, both from our own understanding first. Right. The stories that are in Servant Leadership and Forgiveness, How Leaders Help Heal the Heart of the World, it is well worth anybody's time to read some of the stories, of which Jenny shared with us with the the young man and the clergy or the priest and some other stories too. And and then the the helpful phrase of be gracious with your emotional stages. I really have not thought of it that way, but if you're gracious with your emotional stages, you understand how to get through them and also can come to a, a solution that is healthy. It's That's huge. an overview. It's not really detailed enough. Didn't do justice to what Jenny was saying. But right. But that that's, comes. That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. That comes from those four points of, of guidance for, for leaders. That first, forgiveness is a bridge to the future. To be gracious with those emotional stages, no matter, I think, the level of hurt. We sometimes sure. try to discount or push away those small hurts without allowing ourselves to go through that process, as you're, you're saying. That's huge. And where we cannot dehumanize those that offend us. I think we often think those are the monsters, those are the wrongdoers. So my actions towards them or even my, my thinking is, as we think about the, the young man that was hurt by the, the clergyman, he could easily dehumanize the, the priest. And well, Jenny said it well. If we dehumanize other people, we dehumanize ourselves. Exactly. And that I think was well said. The cycle goes on then. We, we need to break the cycle there. And, and fourth, that self-awareness and forgiveness asking can and, and should take place. It's as simple as saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me. How many s- things could we solve by, by those simple words? Those six words? I think that's a good place to end. What did you get for Simply. books? What can we read now? Yes. White Awake by Daniel Hill, mm-hmm. The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexandra, and a movie, American Son. All great things to check out in addition to her book. Well, now we may have something else we're going to have to ask moving forward is is a movie Please. tip as well. Here we so, go. Thank you for listening to Transforming Education Leadership Lessons. As I said before, you have a lot of options for podcasting, and we appreciate you spending time with us. As a leader in education, you matter, and how you lead matters to a whole bunch of people that you serve on a daily basis. You were created for significance. Thanks to everybody here, Mike, for um, your help today, and Dan for getting this dropped on time. Until next time, inspire and influence. (laughs) 